1: and share Him with others. Our pastor is Dudley Rutherford, and we join him right now with his message for us today.
2: Everybody take your Bibles. I've been waiting to say that to you. Take your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 5. Get your Bibles. Get them out. Turn to Matthew 5. Matthew 5, Matthew 6, and Matthew 7. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. It's the first and the longest recorded sermon of Jesus in the entire Bible. We actually get to look at his words. We're not looking at some other prophet. We're not looking at Paul's letters or one of his Timothys. We are actually going to study the very words of Jesus that should thrill you and that should mesmerize you now in your notes there's like a little chart there with the old and new testament you have to understand this to understand the beatitudes so you've got the old testament where people had been living underneath the old testament rules for thousands of years By the time you come to our text, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, Sermon on the Mount, and the Beatitudes are at the very, very beginning of the sermon, like the Beatitudes are the opening statement to the whole sermon. When you get there, the New Testament is just beginning. You know, it doesn't really, really, really start until Jesus goes to the cross and where he dies. That's that's where the New Testament, New Covenant actually begins. So we're in that period of time where the people that Jesus was talking to, they didn't know anything about the New Testament. Most of you know all about the New Testament, but Jesus' audience, all they'd ever known was the Old Testament. And the Old Testament, you can see there in your outline, it was focused on laws and rules and regulations and judgment and the people in the old testament truly they were living underneath a curse so jesus stands up to speak and that's all they'd ever known and jesus is going to introduce to them a new way of life a new kingdom the new testament is beginning And the New Testament, write this down, is going to focus on love. It's going to be built on grace. There's going to be this thing called forgiveness, where your sins are going to be able to be forgiven once and for all. And I want you to write this down as well. That Old Testament was a curse, but this New Testament, Jesus said you're going to be living underneath the blessing of God. And just know that for thousands of years, God's people had been burdened with the law. Now you can go back and actually read the law still today because the Old Testament's a part of our Bible. Go read it. You can read the book of Exodus and Leviticus and read the book of Deuteronomy. You can read all those laws. They're difficult to read. They're like difficult to understand, They're impossible to keep, to obey. So when you come to this New Testament, the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes, Jesus is ushering a new way of life, new rules, new guidelines. Now, it's interesting. Write this down. Both of the Testaments begin up on a mountainside. If you remember, the Old Testament began on Mount Sinai back in Exodus chapter 19 and 20. A man named Moses. Moses, you remember the story? He goes up on a mountain. And he receives the Ten Commandments, the law, and then he delivers them to the people. I don't know why, it's just interesting to me that the New Testament, the New Covenant, when it begins, the New Kingdom, Jesus, like Moses, he goes up on a mountain, and all the people gather around. And Jesus says, I'm going to introduce to you a new way of life, a new kingdom. And then he begins to give new guidelines for this new way of life. Now, before I get into this text, I want to give you a heads up. You can write this down or just put it in your coconut. What we're about to study is 100% opposite of how most of us think. You might be sitting out here today saying, man, this is cool, man this is cool we get to study the very words of jesus no this is not cool this is 100 percent opposite of how most of us think and how most of us believe i would say these words in this text that we're about to look at this series is going to force every single person in here today to decide whether or not you're going to continue to live your life patterned after the ways of this world or are you going to turn your life over to God's will and to God's kingdom? Trust me when I say that He's calling each of us to a different way of life. This isn't cool, this is life transforming stuff. And it's about changing everything in your life in the way you believe, in the way you act, in the way you think. Are you ready? Are you sure? Let's read where we're going to be studying the next two months. Matthew chapter 5. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a what? Went up on a what? On a mountainside. And he sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them, saying, Blessed. This is the first beatitude. This is the one we're going to look at today. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be what? Comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown what? Mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God and verse 10 reads blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness for theirs is the kingdom of heaven now in your notes we begin with this write this down the first word is this word blessed nine times in this text jesus uses the word blessed 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 blessed. nine times it's safe to say that God wants you to be blessed it is safe to say that God does not want you living under the curse of the Old Testament he wants each of you to be blessed now how many of you raise your hand you want the blessing of God to be upon your life raise your hand if you want God's blessing good For God does want to bless you. Now the word bless, write this down somewhere. It's a word that means to be happy. To be happy. But this happiness has nothing to do with the world's happiness. This happiness comes from within. It's an inner joy. It's an inner peace. Something that the world, quite frankly, knows nothing about. You see the world equates happiness and blessing with outward circumstances. The world equates happiness, blessing, they equate that with financial independence. Having a three-car garage. Having an iPhone 12 Pro Max. To having fine threads, to having some tricked out wheels and some new kicks the world equates happiness with fame and fortune and wealth and outward circumstances now truthfully speaking when I look at the world and I look at what everybody posts on their Instagram post and TikTok and People Magazine here's how most people Most people would write the Beatitudes if they were writing the Beatitudes. They would say, blessed are those who fly to luxury vacation spots on tropical islands where they live in chase lounge chairs, the only two people on an enormous white sandy beach, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are those who drink much alcoholic beverages, for... They shall be carefree with highly attractive, socially gifted women around them, for they shall be satisfied, of course, until their faces are bloated and their liver gives out. (laughs) Blessed are those who have the latest smartphone, for they shall gaze on a screen swirling with color, and they shall stare for hours on end, and they shall become zombie-like, and they shall be satisfied. Blessed are those who make it to the very top of the social ladder, for they will then get to look down on everybody else, and they shall be satisfied. Blessed are those who have perfect children... Verily I say to you how highly blessed are those of you who have a golden lab retriever bounding along in that slow motion video with your children playing in the park, for you shall be the envy of real families everywhere. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, true blessing, true happiness, true peace, true joy. Has nothing to do with fame. It has nothing to do with fortune. It has nothing to do with alcohol. It has nothing to do with social media. It has nothing to do with iPhones or material possessions. True blessing, write this down. It's how I describe it as divine favor. It's something that comes from from God. You can't do it, you can't put it in there yourself. God puts it in there. It's living your life in a way that God actually puts His hand of blessing upon your life. It's a joy that comes from within. It has to do with having a genuine and personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It's on the inside. It is supernatural. It's something that the world knows nothing about. And I want to ask you this question again. How many of you truly want the blessing of God upon your life? Raise your hand if that's what you want. I hope you're listening, and I hope you're sitting down, because I wouldn't want you to faint and hit your head. But Jesus says, if you want to be happy, if you want to be blessed, write this down. You have to become poor in spirit. Poor in spirit. Have you ever seen that advertised in a Super Bowl commercial? I don't think so. Let me state for the record, whatever poor in spirit means, it must be important because Jesus says that the kingdom of heaven belongs to people who are poor in spirit. I want you to turn to your neighbor and just ask him, say, hey, 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 are you poor in spirit? Just ask him if they're poor in spirit. Just ask him, say, hey, are you poor in spirit? Now, I want you to say back to them, say, I don't even know what that means. What does poor in spirit mean? I want you to write this down. The word poor in the Greek, in this text, when Jesus spoke. In the Greek, it means to beg, to literally become a beggar. This is not somebody who just has some financial difficulty. Most of us have financial difficulty. No, this means that someone that is so broken, and they are so empty, and they are so lost, they have absolutely nothing, that they have literally no choice to live except to stand on a street corner and beg for life. I want you to write this down. It means to have no dignity left. You have zero pride. Not even an ounce of pride. And you have no choice but to beg. You have completely emptied self of self. You recognize your own inadequacies. You recognize your own insufficiencies. Write this down. You recognize your spiritual impoverishment. Being poor in spirit, you recognize that you are nothing without God. You recognize that the law cannot save you, that doing good deeds cannot save you. You recognize that, that everything you are and everything you have is because of God. And you're not ashamed. You're not ashamed to declare your spiritual bankruptcy. You openly live as though every breath that you breathe and every beat of your heart is solely due to the grace of Almighty God in your life. (laughs) Write this down. It means to live in humility before God. Now, now truthfully, most of us don't think like that. Most of us here today, we think this. We think, you know, God kind of owes us. I mean, I'm, I'm, we're decent people. Never shot anybody. How many of you here today, raise your hand. You've never shot anybody. Raise your hand. You've never, never, ra- I hope you raise your hand here. Never shot anybody. Somehow, we think and we believe just because I go to church, I'm here. I mean, it was a busy week. I had a lot going on. And it was hard to get here today, but somehow I, I got in my car and I got here. It was tough, but I'm here. I gave $20 in the offering plate a couple weeks ago. And, you know, you, you, I gave some socks, you know, when we were raising socks for the homeless people. I gave some socks. We think that because of things like that, that somehow God's going to, let us into heaven. You know, I'm trying. I got, I got, I got, I got a couple of sins. I got, I, got, I got some sins. I got some little sins. But God, He understands and He knows. And, you know, He loves me. Everybody wake up and pay attention. The kingdom of heaven, having God's blessing upon your life. It is not coming your way because of your good deeds. It's not coming towards you because you come to church or because you pay your tithes or because you take communion or because you hold the door open for little old ladies. The kingdom of God belongs to the person who says, I am absolutely nothing without God. I am destitute without God. My life is meaningless without God. I'm going to say something. You're going to hear me say it again. On one hand, everybody put your right hand up. On one hand, everybody wants to be happy. I mean, I know there's some depressed people out there, but nobody wants to be miserable. On one hand, Everybody wants to be what? Let me tell you about the other hand. On the other hand, everybody is going to die. I want you to think about that. I want to be happy. I know, but you're going to die. I'm scared of COVID. It doesn't matter if it's COVID or something else, everyone, you're going to die. i don't want to die i want to be happy oh okay I, I know that's what i'm saying on one end everybody wants to be happy and on the other hand everybody's going to die so what's going to happen well god only gives you so much time before your day of death is here you're here you might have today you might die tomorrow you might die next week you might have 10 more years Maybe 20, maybe 50, but one day you're going to die. The question is, you're here now. You want to be happy, but one day you are going to die. What do you do in the between time? There's only one thing. Every moment of your life here on this earth, you walk humbly before God. God. Augustine said 16 centuries ago. He said this back in, I think, in the year 425. He said there are three things that are essential for Christianity. Write these down. Number one is humility. Number two is humility. And number three is humility. And here's the deal. Here is the deal. The person that is poor in spirit... The person who has emptied self of self, the person who's here today and says, I'm absolutely nothing without God, and He's all that I need, and there's nothing in this world that I need except God and God alone. Write this down number three. The kingdom of God belongs to you. That's who gets to go to heaven. Who does the kingdom of God belong to? (laughs) It is not the Democrats. And it is not the Republicans. It's not the educated or the uneducated. It's not the vaccinated or the unvaccinated it's not those who have the most followers on social media not the one who makes the most money not the one who keeps the law not the one that does the most good deeds it's not the brightest person it's not the prettiest person it's not the funniest person it's not the kindest person it's not the wealthiest person no 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 a thousand times no the kingdom of god belongs and is reserved to the person that is 100 percent dependent upon god Three things, you've got to get all three of them before you leave here. Number one, self-righteousness is opposite of humility. And it's just true. You're either here right now trusting in yourself for your own salvation, your own abilities, your own good deeds, your own bootstraps. or you realize that that stuff is all worthless in the eyes of God, and the only thing that really matters is the grace of Almighty God upon your life.
1: It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. Four seven seven seven. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. Wouldn't it be great if there were accessible answers to our spiritual problems? Just like there's a smartphone app for calculating a tip or getting directions to a local store. Most of us have heard the phrase, there's an app for that, popularized by the creators of the iPhone. Well, God has an app for the common problems faced by Christians everywhere. Are you stressed out? God has an app for that. Problem with crude language or gossip? Struggling with prejudice? Brokenhearted? Anxious? Or depressed? God has an app for that too. Pastor Dudley's book, God Has an App for That, is available now for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus ministry. This helpful resource can be yours right now by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. You can also get God Has an App for That on our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. Come and explore the book of James and discover God's user-friendly solutions for some of the biggest challenges we all face daily. Get your copy of Pastor Dudley's book, God Has an App for That, today.
3: We live in the most distracted culture in the history of the world. We see about 10,000 messages every day. We even touch our phones about 2,000 times a day. We're literally being overwhelmed with information. That's why there's no better time than right now for Dudley Rutherford's remarkable new book, One Thing, Rediscover a Simpler Faith in Our Complicated World. In this timely book, Pastor Dudley invites you to open your Bible and look closely at seven key passages of Scripture where you'll find the beautifully uncomplicated phrase, one thing. These Scriptures will quiet all the noise that you're hearing and call you back to a simpler faith. Dudley Rutherford has discovered the secret of how to focus our lives on the one thing that matters. What if you could find that simplicity? It's waiting out there, and this is your roadmap to freedom. Contact Lift Up Jesus today and get your copy of One Thing, the book that could finally change everything.
1: I'm Kyle Welch. We invite you to join us every weekday at this time when we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.